Welcome, friends. Uh, here's the thing I want to tell you. I'm not going to make any money of this. It's illogical and strange and stupid, but I do not intend of making a cent of showing and telling and podcasting and distributing my albums for free. But I do need some kind of response. So... I would really like for you to go to SoundCloud and listen to the album. Tell me what you think. Am I right? Am I wrong? You know, uh, was it as good as I thought or as bad as I thought? And while you're at it, go to Instagram and see the pictures I put up there because um, I just want to tell this story to you. And I can't do that if you're not listening. So... Please, listen to me. It, it's only half an hour, an hour of your work week anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right, so soundcloud.com slash MMXP and instagram.com slash MMXP music. Go give me feedback. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 12 of the Montana Musical Experiments podcast. I am Alex. And, and if you don't know that by now, then you haven't been listening. I am in the midst of selling out my musical life, my homemade career uh, on SoundCloud. I'm promoting it on Instagram. And this podcast is here to tell you the story of what went on when I decided to do it. You might not actually give a shit, but I do. Uh, I tried explaining that a couple of, uh, maybe last week or the week before. I can't, I can't remember and that doesn't matter because if I can't remember, then you can because you listen to it. And that's the good part. You're listening to me talking about a six-track EP called This Soft Fabric Satellite. I came off the change a, a reborn guy it was it was like rediscovering yourself musically it was i had gone from making rough you know piss poor demos on a on a tape recorder to creating fully fledged rock pop music i had a, a setup at home with the computer and the speakers and all that that i could you know work with that actually gave me the kind of sound I was looking for. So I was really, really getting the hang of it. And I, you know, I mean, it would have been a shame if I would have stopped after the change just because I was there, you know. And and if you've listened to, to this podcast series, you will know by now that I'm very prone to repeating myself. 
I am very prone to repeating myself. I am very prone to reusing tracks that I did before. That is the whole concept of, of, of demoing things, is that you demo it and then you make a new demo and then you make a version of it. And then you make a final version and then you remix that final version. And it goes on you know, virtually forever because you're never satisfied. No artist is satisfied. I'll give you I'll give you something that that I, I I learned many many years later. We are now in the year 2018. It is the 50th anniversary of the Beatles White Album, which is a great album. I love it. Uh, I listened a lot to it um, back then and occasionally these days as well. You would not be surprised to know for a fact that I actually enjoy revolution number nine and think it's the highlight of the album but um that's a different story the beatles or you know emi or whoever is responsible for the beatles uh, released a, a version of the album and that version was um you know changed in such a way that it sounded so fresh and new they did not re-record anything but the mixing of it is um splendid i cannot remix any of these songs that i created before or enhance upon specific segments because everything i did was you know fed and merged into these um you know it kind of every step was final i've explained the process prior to this you know you kind of record something and then you record a new recording and dub it onto that and that's it you know and i kind of perfected that up to the point where i i went uh oh, this is you know it's it's good but Every time I was unsatisfied with something, I said, I could have done this track or this track or this track better. I kind of, you know, went, you know, I, I had to go back and do it again. And most of the times I made it from scratch. And sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. And I think... You know, coming off the change being that it kind of became a central point of 99 going into the year 2000. The year 2000! Whatever it was. Um, I wanted to... I wanted to perfect my pop recipe. So I picked out the songs that I thought these are really good, you know instrumental and and lyrical songs the change she was mine that was uh, be my way which i'd recorded back for crucial fiction and losing you and thinking if i do these four tracks now the very best i can then maybe maybe i'll send a copy to a a, re a recording company, an A&R department, maybe, maybe. <laughs> let me let me tell you what happened. It didn't happen. Nothing happened. 
But I kind of went into a phase after the change where I said, these tracks were good. I need to do them better. I want to see how far I can take this. And that catapulted me into a... I think it would have taken about a month or two kind of, you know, composing and recomposing and making all these things. You know, I was going, I was drifting into winter 2000 when I started making these tracks. And it's it's a different sound. It's it's more present. You know, I kind of kind of found myself in a way that I wanted to uh, be in the room. I mean, the songs in themselves are still sad and they are still you know pining for you know the lost love or whatever you're looking for but 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 it's 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 a completely different experience because it's first of all i'm playing really good you know it, it's not what what i think some of you would, would listen to this and say well what do you mean playing good i can do this and i can do that you have to you have to bear in mind this is a guy who's been making you know these weird home brew recordings for for the past three years you know and self-taught and kind of you know leading up to to this point So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds much better than the last time I heard it. But as it is, you know, you kind of go, uh, I don't know. It's still, I remember, be, be my way. Still was one of those painful situations where I looked at myself and say, you're, you're too, you're too soft, man. You know. And I think at that time, possibly, you know, I would have been under a certain influence by a character called Nils, who, um, who was pushing me towards a rock sensibility, because I didn't do rock at that point. I didn't like rhythm, because rhythm would immediately fuck up whatever I was trying to do. It would immediately, it would immediately un, exposed that I'm not playing you know in time so acoustic stuff is really good at this point in time you know and also I think I would have been you know kind of getting into a more I wanted to go back to making more experimental music I wanted to go back to just having fun and playing around with things you know, recording a new version of Losing You for optimal quality was absolutely great. You know, you know, I, I kind of, I, I did, I did something good with it, but it was not as good as the original. And I really wanted to go back to, you know, experimenting with, um, 
with sound, trying to create whatever you know weirdness I could come up with. This is not weird. It's Alexander Allstrand, the guy behind MMXP making pop music, writing love songs. And for the time it was good, but it's not what I, you know, trained for. I trained for making strangeness. And uh, this is just me trying to please my creative heart into into making a I don't know making a making a pop album a pop album that I couldn't make because I might actually have needed some help on it it could have done with some great guitar solos and some good piano parts that I just didn't have Like I said, I took I took every song that that I made for the change, and I redid it. Not 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 everyone. I, I took most a couple of songs for, from the change and remade them, trying to make a pop album. And and she was mine. Got a slot on it because I really didn't feel that the last version was good enough. Didn't, it didn't fit because it, it, the the vocals were murky and um, it was kind of muddled in 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 a way that it, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. So I made this kind of barebone, very very gentle singing. You know, I think it, this might be the the, the best. Or the highest and most angelical vocals I have ever sung in my life. And my my memory of and my impression of listening to it these days is that this guitar solo that I put in there is so soulful you know it's it doesn't it doesn't take over it's just me playing a couple of very you know distinct notes and bends you know and i i used to play you know i, I tried to do the best i could you know playing solos but you know my my limited idea of scales never actually got me to that point of doing a, you know, kick-ass solo because I was always playing the same notes, always. Even to this day, if I were to take one of the guitars in the studio here and play it, it would be the exact same scales and notes that I did back then. There's a key to that one that I'm gonna probably, hopefully, gonna get back to later on in in this in this tale. This was a good version. This was one of those that actually got on the demo itself. And I did I did other tracks, you know, I had I had some of those was played before. 
It was Eyes on the World, you know, uh, it's a the piano instrumental, basically. Uh, you got Air Control, which I uh, kind of ripped off a uh, ripped off a, a Beach Boys track. What was that again? Don't worry, baby. Could it be? Maybe. Yeah. And then you got the one that I always wanted to be absolutely right, and that I actually might just at this point have gotten as far as I can, you know, as far as humanly possible for Alexander Alstrand, age 23, right? The change. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just gonna let it play, and I'm gonna try and dissect it for you. So, you got all the bits that I use usually do is that I create a, a fake studio impression of what I'm doing. I'm rewinding tapes. You got a guy sitting there smoking in the background. You got a, a couple of voices. These voices was from Band on the Run 25th Anniversary CD. Somebody talking about the making of that album. It's, it's a good album. Go listen to it. And you got, you know, I, I even started working in these small signature melodies into the piano. You got, you got pianos and you got guitars playing in this soft rocking, you know, you're sitting on the river kind of uh, dreamy way, right? And then I did something really stupid. I added bird effects and children playing because if you're a romantic like I am that is what you want in your love song <laughs> and I, I brought the instrumental version thank you <laughs> let's go back and hear it the way it is Here we go. And you smile my way. You got strings down there. And you got dual strings playing different different uh, different areas, you know? And you got horns, I think. Yeah. Got French horns in the background. Well, of course, on the synthesizer, but you still got French horns. I remember recording it, and when I recorded it, I, I would record slices and bits of it. So the verse and the chorus would be recorded separately. It wasn't like one long take. I would go in and do chunks and the chunks would be pieced together you know and meticulously fitted so that they would interlap into each other meaning that the you know the drum in and drum out would fit the the, the overall you know flow of the song um that's a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of musical references to Beatles and, and, and Floyd, I think. You know, when I listen to it, you know, that 60s pop mentality um, in, in, in how I would be working with it. And the drums again. You got the strings going at a higher level. And you got this, um, I don't know what's it called. <laughs> I, can't, I can't figure that one out, but it's very nice, that very high note. Bing, bang, bong, bong. You know, um, xylophone, right? That's the one. And the horns. And I think everything was doubled up when you got around to, to, the, to, to the second chorus. What I did drop, though, was that I did not have the vocals. Now, here's the solo. It kind of depends on what day I'm listening to it, because some days it's ever so slightly out of key and some days it's spot on it's kind of weird you know it's it's almost you know that micro tuning thing but i kind of liked it the way i did it you know it was a um yeah and i did this you got congas you got that voice again you got the harmonica you got Mr. Circus Director standing out there in the background talking about uh, Yeah, right. So you save the world by telling people to love themselves. Right. Solo 2. As far as I'm considered, I was nailing it I was really 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 getting in getting it right this time I mean no I mean, in, in 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 terms of audio I could probably have made more of it you know I could possibly have expanded upon it with effects and stuff like that and created even more reverberance and a larger image but you know for Alex, you know, going on 23, this is the absolute highest point you can imagine. He's up there looking out across the world saying, here I am, friends. I love this. I can, <laughs> I can go on forever. But truth be told, 
I was at this point growing rapidly tired of pop music because pop is not my it's not my forte it's not where I belong um, you know I belong in a different area I belong in instrumentals I belong in uh, you know weird sounds trying to create stuff and I think some of my friends actually pointed this out to me. They said, you know, Alex, you know, don't get me wrong. This is really good. This is really good. But, you know, don't hover too long on it because it won't, it won't function for you. This is not who you are. So, I... What happened was I I, I, I actually I, I made a I made I made the demo. Uh, I compiled it and it's six tracks long and the track list goes the change she was mine sad to mention which is a pretty cheap uh, Pink Floydy kind of thing, eyes on the world air control and then this one won't be heard again. It wasn't long you know it, it, it roughly a, about. 25 minutes maybe you know and I, I I burned a CD copy of it and and because that was something that I could you know back those days and I created a full color cover with uh, my logo on it you know and I called it Alexander Alstrom this soft fabric satellite this soft fabric satellite meaning the softer follow-up to the previous product. <laughs> like I always do, apart from Alex 2019, is that I never did get around to actually uh, ask somebody to, you know, could you release it or something? I just sat on it and went, I like this. I'm going to listen to it a lot. And I have listened to it a lot. And I gave it to my friends and I gave it to my mom and they were all very happy about it. And uh, it became a part of the MMXP lore, the tale I'm telling, but uh, I never send it to anybody. And that is kind of looking back at it, you know, looking back at how Alex Alstrand worked in January and February 2000, it's so peculiar. How could you come to the conclusion that you wanted to make the perfect pop album, not actually mail copies to anybody? And I don't know. Maybe I was afraid to be discovered. Maybe I was afraid of being inhibited by having somebody telling me you cannot do this or you should do that. Maybe I realized that it's not me. Maybe. Maybe. But um, I sure had a lot of fun making it. From here on, going into 2000, pop music was a thing of the past. The next love song I would write, I would write 
14 years later and I would write it for my wife. But that is a completely different story. And I'm not going to tell that one tonight and not in this episode. So, <clears throat> you guys, thank you for listening to... Um, thank you for listening to me really thank you I, I don't know how many of you there are there could be one guy and you know exactly who you are it could be five guys girls or it could be a couple of thousand I, I don't know it's it's gonna be a surprise when I get around to seeing it but um it's a good way for me to kind of encapsulate the story that is Montana Musical Experiments Project. And this is the Montana Musical Experiments Podcast, episode 11. I'm Alex, and thank you very much for listening. Take care of yourself. Don't drive on the wrong side of the road.